Alright guys, give me a second here, we're going to... Alright guys, just hang tight. Hang tight here, everybody. Alright, so it's about to start up here for the current event, <clears throat> for current event show here. So let's do this. Please watch my current event show every Mondays and Wednesdays when I'm talking about iTunes, sports, and entertainment. Don't touch that dial. Uh, mm. Hello everybody here. My name is Ben Yuko with Zoll Media Enterprises. Welcome to the current event show on this Wednesday. June twenty second, two thousand and twenty two. Great to be with you all today. It is gonna be a brief show. Got got uh, got some things to do today. It's gonna be a great opportunity to have a, <clears throat> to talk with y'all today and have a great conversation with y'all to kick off the show. To kick the opportunity off the show. Um, to have a great time knowing that things are looking good. Are looking for the best and things that have that's lots of good opportunities. Before we go, then yesterday I want to just talk a little bit about the Twins game that we kind of watched, but it was again lack of consistent um, scores because there was times that we should have scored. We definitely should have scored. In the tenth inning, we shouldn't score there. We definitely should have scored. Use that momentum to not let the Cleveland score in the eighth inning, where our closing pitcher let the other guy hit a home run against us. Off of us yesterday, and that's kind of like. But the thing that's really that's also the positive part is. You you cannot deny at this point the Luis Array is a complete full time All Star player. He should definitely be second, um, second at least second string. And people say, oh, he's, people say that he shouldn't be a Hall of Famer. If you don't get that, you don't get that shit out of here, here, and tell me that he's not a Hall. Um, he's. A player that we need to keep. You better get that. Um, you better get that. All that crap out of here because you're you're missing out. You're missing out um a lot of key components of what brings opportunity to the table. So don't don't tell don't tell me don't tell me a damn thing. That he's now. All star player, okay. So that's gonna be
So, and let me read the article from here on Twins. Our 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 good people at um, Twins Daily, strong Twins baseball game. Yeah, I want critiques though. Yeah, because they're like they're like really strong nerds. So if you want to really want to talk to some Twins, ba um, ba um baseball nerds, and you know, read their articles, man, because I I feel like reading their articles is actually really good. And get a great sign of how that actually they play, how the actual game went in play, so you will have an idea to all those great guys out there. So you have to, so please shout out to a lot of them. Even shout out to sport, Minnesota sports fan too. Shout out to that down to strong because I, I do want to just like you know I met all the black people in tech. And, and baseball. Same thing. I want to meet some. I want. I want to meet some of the twins, fans. Black, um, black people mostly. First, they're a big baseball friend. But I've already met them before. But my actual friends I went to college with. But also the, the, some. I really want to meet some real hard geeks. And I want. I want to just pick their brain. So maybe I want to have at least a couple of guests. At least. On the current event show to discuss some of the Twins baseball and some of the stuff that I feel like that we can actually address because that's where we actually have to put effort into ourselves to be out there and be consistent about what we should be actually doing in that place. Okay. The Twins drop the opening game of an important series against the Guardians 6 5 Animal play blew a late re neglecting a huge home run from Lucifer as Cleveland won in 11 innings. Oh, yeah, he definitely gave that game away. And so, yeah, so he had a lot of hard time hit, hitting and pitching in the game. So incons I I I'm part of it is inconsistent uh, inconsistent hit hit hitting means like and when you talk about when when somebody asks me what is like an inconsistent base running run okay when you have a player when you have a player so let's say the player is like in second and getting ready to, uh, production of the run or it's a better term run production. Cause you can, cause it's not just hitting that is causing you to lose games. It's also production of the runs. Production if you don't have strong production of your runs, you absolutely can lose games. Defense have solid can get areas of work, but the offense is has it, but doesn't have long. Jeopardy of when it comes down to production of your of runs because you have to have those type of runs to even be a strong competitor. Because when we start playing de teams coming up, like when we start looking at the twin schedule, and that's what we're gonna that's what we're gonna have to look at. 
just give you a, a good idea why we need to pick this up and pitching too. So can we start looking at pitching? So let's let's look at the schedule. When you look at the schedule, it'll be okay. Cause you know, right now we're gonna be Colorado, Colorado's here. So Saturday, you are at you are at Colorado. You know Colorado that. And then we play Cleveland at Cleveland, which we have four games with Cleveland. We have four games, and this is so we're gonna have some. Very, very easy schedules. Uh-huh. Until we get the White Sox later. Until we start getting, like, the Brewers. Then we get that. Then we're going to get games like Blue Jays. Red Sox that's gonna have to and then I think a schedule fifty fifty we're gonna have to fight because September we're gonna have like a really easy once we get past the Yankees in September, our schedule gets a lot easier we're gonna. We're gonna have that. Our schedule is a lot, a lot easier. But we should, we should absolutely, we should absolutely should not be losing in this, losing in games that we shouldn't lose. No, 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 no. Honest, this is so unacceptable. Losing six five. More rubbers, the catch and run and scoring position. And that, and like I said, like I've been saying, the lives leads the twins and garden titles. The story was familiar one up for the twins. They have ample opportunity to score more run. Yeah, it's run production. When you don't have run production, you 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 absolutely didn't damn lose games. The scoring runs, of course, you don't have no run production. <laughs> you you're ready. You're ready. You're ready to absolutely lose some games. So, like I said, we're gonna have to get playoff. We're gonna have to get playoff pitching right away. Okay, we're gonna have to get playoff pitching right away, because this is not actually because this is not looking good. We have got to be fired up. We're gonna have to get things ready to go. Yeah, so what well, well I'm kinda like covered very much like so you play Cleveland tonight. 
and tomorrow, and then you get Colorado for three. So, yeah, you get, uh, yeah, you get the, yep, yeah, yep, because you, yeah, Colorado for three, Cleveland for one, two, three, four, we have five games with Cleveland. And we're going to need those. We need to win, like, at least four of those games. <laughs> and then and then we get games with the Orioles, White Sox, and then Rangers. And so we got some, we got some work we got to do. A lot of work that we got to produce. So that should be a big competitorship on that. But we need to, not only that, because you can't win games with that kind of, that, so let's look at Ross, uh, injury updates right now. Josh Windler, Polanco, lower back tightness, Obers hurt still. Static is hurt. Tobik, he should be bad. So, so Noah's been very Dobek. He should be back. His middle finger is string. You already know about Roy Lewis. It causes static. Oh, he's. Until May. Until May next year. It might be earlier than, or later or early depending on the situation. So those injuries are kind of hurting our team so much. Let's see some other news that. Yeah, so they're right now the boxing them up feeling all time support. The fight is on for that, so that's when So, so let's just write that down.
Let's, let's watch some of this. Detroit struggle. I think that's going to be key. We need to capitalize on that for the Twins. So, so Jack, so so I'm just figuring out what which one I want thing talking about. What can I play first? Yeah. Let's play Detroit first, okay? This is from this is from LLB Network, okay? Now, I don't like kicking teams when they're down. You might notice when we do essays on this program, we mostly focus on success. We like success. But there has to be something to be learned from failure as well. And that leads us to a fascinating case study of these Detroit Tigers this year. Start of the year, the Tigers were one of those trendy teams, a possible contender. But two and a half months in, their offense is like nothing else we've ever seen. Let's do some digging in. The Tigers are the lowest run-scoring club in the major leagues. They are dead last in slugging, total bases, walks, 28th in stolen bases. They have just 35 home runs. Second lowest Oakland has 48. That's a big gap. Along those lines, the Tigers are averaging 2.87 runs per game. That's 30th among the 30 major league clubs. The club that's 29th, the A's, average around 3.2 runs per game. Pirates, 28th, nearly 3.5. So the Tigers aren't just last. They are last by a wide margin. More comparison. Here's the lowest run scoring teams in the majors over the last five years. Most every year, the worst offense in the big scores over three and a half runs per game. So look at this. All are about 3.6, mostly, the last couple of years. Right now, these Tigers are at 2.8. This is a historic low. Let's go back to 1968, the year of the pitcher. Historically, the lowest run-scoring season in live ball history. The lowest run-scoring team that year, the Chicago White Sox. Those White Sox averaged 2.86 runs per game. So the worst-hitting team in the lowest run-scoring season scored just about as many runs per game as these Detroit Tigers. You hear what I'm saying? Here are the lowest-scoring teams in the live ball era. As of now, and it's early, things can change. They score a lot of runs over the weekend, the Tigers did. But as of now... Only the 1942 Phillies, those 68 White Sox, and the 1963 Houston Colt 45s scored fewer runs per game. The Tigers are bottom five all time. Now, I'm not doing all this to be cruel. In the modern GM era, there have been plenty of clubs in a rebuild mode scraping bottom. It goes with the drastic rebuild. But the Tigers are not at that point. This was supposed to be a step toward becoming a 500 club or maybe a team challenging for a wild card. 
What's so surprising is the number of players having terrible subpar seasons. The Tigers have two players hitting above league average. The Mets and Twins both lead the league with eight apiece. Even last place clubs like the Rockies, Nats, Orioles, they've got four guys over league average. And when I say there's a number of hitters slumping, I'm not nitpicking that there's a lot of players that are just below league average, OPS plus at like 99 or 98. They have players historically lower than you'll ever see. Keep in mind, 100 is league average for OPS+. plus. So right now, you have Harold Castro and Miguel Cabrera just above 100. Austin Meadows is currently injured. He's just below 99, right? Just on the cusp of league average. You rarely see a major league hitter 60 or below in OPS+. plus. The Tigers have three, and they've got Javi Baez at 62. They have seven below 80. They have four below 65. I've never seen this. That includes a blue-chip prospect like Spencer Torkelson, big-money free agent like Javi Baez, catcher Tucker Barnhart, not known for his hitting, but he's hitting at a career low, and a bunch of hitters with track records. Jammer Candelario, Robbie Grossman, Jonathan Scope, even Akil Badu didn't hit, was hurt, and was sent down. In fact, that's what makes this so puzzling. Torkelson's a rookie, right? It happens. Baez is mercurial, streaky. It happens. But Meadows, Grossman, Candelario, Scope are all competent and reasonably consistent hitters. Meadows has a career OPS plus of 122. Grossman has a 103 over the last six years. So what I'm saying is this team should not be this bad. Now, I'm not watching the club every day. I'm not in on the meetings or any of that, but I know this. This is now a game of comprehensive game planning. It's done at a... <laughs> it's horrible. Ab Absolutely. Yeah, that, that, this shit is horrible. You're, you're not supposed to have bad, bad hitting like that. Absolutely never. Never supposed to hit like that. You're not supposed to even hit below that type of level of hitting. But we gotta remember who hits like that, okay? You gotta remember who hits like that. You can't hit like that. That is despicable. It's horrible. It's not good hitting. Okay, it's just it's just not. It's just not good fucking hitting. It's it's absolute horrible. A team that's not supposed to hit like that is definitely Detroit. Another team that's not supposed to hit. But this is one of the teams that I feel like um, we really don't talk about, but we do know, yes, Chicago White Sox is definitely one of another team. They really don't barely talk about that. That's a team that, but they haven't, but they'll find a way to come back. This is this is this is unacceptable. Enough of this shit. That that's a. The Rays aren't that good either. Then we're gonna talk about the Rays next. Let's listen Mark to. Thompson does a wonderful job for us. Long time no chat. We've got a lot to do here on this team, and he joins us. Mark, welcome. First off, they have some injuries. They don't have a ton of depth at all positions because of their payroll. They might lose two guys for an extended period. It's a big blow. Let's go there first. Go ahead. It, it is. It is, Chris. And you know, don't forget they're already playing without Wander Franco, their probably most dynamic offensive player. Their two top home run hitters, Brandon Lyle and Mike Zanino. Uh, who Mike Zeno might be out for a long period of time. They're trying to sort that out right now. 
They're missing two guys out of the rotation, Patino and Rasmussen. They're missing their two best uh, late inning relievers, Kittredge and Fireeyes. And so they have been beat up. Uh, they've been shorthanded. And this is obviously a big blow. Manny Margot, not just a really good outfielder for the Rays uh, and a really good hitter, but also a very big leader in that clubhouse, especially among the young Spanish-speaking players. So a very big loss. And, you know, for Cash to say it was going to be a significant amount of time last night makes you wonder if it's an ACL, if that's the initial thought. We've got to keep an eye on that, and they're also only 36 and 31. Now they're in fourth place. The Red Sox have overtaken them temporarily, and they haven't played well here for a period of time. They don't score a ton of runs, as you know. Even the Orioles have beaten them. This is not a good stretch for Tampa, and they can forget about the division, and they're in huge trouble here. Let me get your thoughts on that. Go ahead. Yeah, yeah. I mean, look, you mentioned the Orioles. We looked this up. They had lost back-to-back -back series to the Orioles. They had not lost back-to-back -back series to the Orioles since 2017, and that was last year. They beat them 18 out of 19 games. So you could use that as kind of a marker. But, yeah, it's been a tough year. I mean, it, it, nothing has come easy. The injuries have obviously hurt. Depth, loss of depth has shown up a little bit. But maybe most mystifying, Chris, I know you watch a lot of games, but they have been poor defensively. Yeah, they tear 4,500 runs, and the Yankees have only given up eight. I mean, my goodness, 45 unearned runs, Mark? That is hard to believe. Fill me in on that stat. Go yeah, ahead. I mean, most in the majors, almost almost their whole total last year. I think they were 58 for all of last year. So very, un I mean, the word's been uncharacteristic, but honestly, it's becoming characteristic the way they played. It's been all over the field. I mean, I talked to Kiermaier about it the other day. You know, he's, he's kind of their minister of defense with three gold gloves, and he suggested maybe like a, a focus thing and then kind of in that pre-pitch mode where guys need to be thinking what's going to happen and anticipate where the ball might go. That was just his thought. Cash is adamant. It's not a lack of work. We see him out there all the time. They always take early game, early infield, early ground balls, things like that. Not preparation. It shouldn't be talent. They've got good players, but that has really hurt them because this is a team built on pitching a defense and to not have that safety net uh, and allow that many unearned runs has obviously caused all kinds of problems. There's a trickle down too. guys are trying too hard to make up for that, trying to score runs. You've seen a lot of mistakes on the bases. They've got the most outs on the bases and the most guys caught stealing in the majors as well. Wow, unbelievable. And, you know, listen, they are a, uh, you know, they take chances, and usually they're right. You know, they traded Snell. Nobody saw that coming. Meadows, nobody saw that coming. You know, they're not winning the division. Right now they're going to probably play for, a, you know, a best-of-three series. They're only five over. Uh, you know, they sometimes, you know, they, hey, the heck with it. They go for the next year scenario if they wanted to. What is going to be their philosophy in the next month as far as adding or subtracting for the last half of the season? I think that's a very interesting question. How do you answer that? Let me hear. And, it, and I, I think it's changed over the last 24 hours, too. I actually talked to Eric Neander, the president of baseball operations, about this at Yankee Stadium the other day. And he said at that point, you know, that, yes, he acknowledged that, you know, without saying the quiet part out loud, that the Yankees probably are going to win the division. And, you know, they're looking at the playoff situation. It's a new format this year, as you alluded to. The top two teams get by. The other four, the three wild cards, the lowest division winner play. Best of three all at one team site. So there's a benefit to be that top wild card. A significant uh, advantage, I think, of playing all three games at home. So, yeah, they've got to kind of assess where they are in that. And you're right. They always kind of split the difference. They're always looking to get better, but also looking to the future. Some years that means trading. Some years that means adding. Some years that means doing both. My, my guess is that ends up being what they do this year. We'll see them make a handful of moves. They'll make some moves really in more at the future. And where, depending where they are, if they're still in the wild card race, I think they'll try to do something to make sure they get in the tournament, thinking if they get everybody back and healthy by the end of the year, they can probably match up pretty well. Anything with Franco I need to know about? I know he played last night, got in a bat against Sale. What's up with his status? He's the most important cog in this team. Playoffs this year or not, what can you tell me about him in his first year of this big contract? 
Yeah, you know, it's been obviously a disappointing year. The leg issues kind of surfaced way back in April when they played in Chicago mid-April and kind of dragged on through the end of April and all of May. Uh, they finally made the decision at the end of May, like enough was enough, uh, put him on the injured list, shut him down for a couple weeks. It's dragged on a little bit as well, but he is playing. He did play last night, Florida Complex League, two for three. Uh, the hit was not against, neither hit against Sale. We will point out he did strike out against Sale. Uh, and then he's going to go on to play in Durham. They're actually in Jacksonville with the AAA Durham team the next couple of days. It sounds like if that goes well, he should be back this weekend. I mean, it probably wouldn't. They have a day game Saturday, so he probably wouldn't play Friday night and Saturday day. So I would assume he just comes back for the Saturday or the Sunday day game. They're off on Monday and get him back in there. And then, you know, then Taylor Walls goes back to being a utility infielder, not the everyday shortstop. His, you know, batting average is in the 160, 170 range. Uh, allows them to rotate Hebrew, Han, and Paredes a little bit more and, and maybe get those guys in better matchups because they're not doing much. They had four or five guys in the lineup the other night all hitting under 200. That's tough to do, especially when you're playing the New York Yankees. Oh, impossible. Last thing, Mark, and I know the commissioner made mention of Oakland and Tampa with the clock winding down as far as that new stadium is concerned. They said that last week at the quarterly meetings. Uh, I, you know, who knows? They're not going to go to Montreal half the season, so that's out. I know the lease isn't up until 27. Any movement at all in the business community to help the franchise out? What's the latest on that? I'm always interested. Let me hear. Yeah, no, it's been uh, it's been oddly quiet in the five months since MLB killed the Montreal split season plan, Chris. But I, I think what we're now starting to see and it's kind of heating up is talks back with St. Petersburg. I know a lot of people are kind of up in arms over that and saying, why would they want to build again in St. Pete? It's failed. Attendance, location seem to be related. But I think that's where they're going to get the best offer. The new mayor of St. Pete, Ken Welch, has been very open and aggressive in talking to the Rays. Uh, he's planning. There's a redevelopment plan for the Tropicana Field site. He's promised an announcement by June 30th. I'm not sure what that's going to be. I don't think that's going to be a new stadium deal. But I think the idea of continuing talks with the Rays, he has the ability to make them a really good offer uh, financially based on the giant amount of money in the Pinellas County Hotel bed tax, which I think you've contributed to a number of times over the years. And uh, they, they have the ability to probably make a much better offer. It's been very quiet on the Tampa side. I know that makes more sense. We've talked before, building a stadium over either in downtown Tampa or the Ybor City area would seem to make sense geographically. But unless this is a slow play over there, it's been very quiet on the Tampa side. I think St. Pete's going to be more aggressive and make them a better offer. And then it'll come down to what do the Rays want to do? What does MLB want the Rays to do? Excellent job. Mark, you do the best job we can find here on Tampa. Great to have you with us. We'll keep in touch. Thanks for a few minutes here today. Any tech. Yep, you just heard it. That's exactly how it's going to go down, guys. So, we're going to go on to the next story now. Okay? So, I'm just going to stay here and do, finish doing the show off of here, okay? So, let's just do, let's just get this shit over with. Michael B. Joy removed Lori Harvey following the Instagram, following the breakup. Well, no shit. Michael Jordan was asked, this is a, he's being a simp, okay, because a guy like him has, um, and kind of knew this chick was not good, this chick was in good business, I know he, that's for just picking this girl, but I think he has good intentions, but my problem is, Lori Harvey is, this, this chick is bad business. If my brother would have got us and said, "Hey, yo, bro, don't, don't, don't mess, don't mess with this chick. This chick is, is chick is bad. This is this chick is bad for business, and she actually is. 
The breakup of Lori Harvey and Michael B. Jordan made the unexpected headlines early this month and thought for some hope it was just gossip that the fact that the mom only immediately scrubbed all evidence of the Black Panther story from her Instagram feed at the news broke made it abundantly clear they are done for good. Yeah. That Lori Harvey is, is a piece of shit. That's that's the kind of that's the kind of woman that she's just she's just a waste of oxygen. She doesn't understand what that man needs. That man, like Michael B. Jordan, at times, I know he was standing for this girl. I know he would, but also I do feel like he did really love her at, at times too. But, uh, but but I digress. In the days after we received confirmation from Steve Hart, Lori's stepdad, who addressed all the drama. On this morning show, June 6th, look, as long as everyone can walk out in peace, be friends, I ain't heard no one say they busted, no one or nothing. He said Tennessee, things between the two ended on good terms. Uh, as long as you you don't put your hands on my dog, I don't give a damn what you do. To f- he mentioned that he still considers you to be a cool guy. <laughs> Lori Lori just Lori just doesn't understand what her love that she is. She's just not she's just not warping anything. Mm. Warp anything. Mm. <laughs> That's kinda of funny folks. She doesn't have anything going for herself. So, again, you just seen well, no hard feelings between Steve and Michael. We can't say the same thing for Lori's mother, Margie, and her daughter's dad. Not too long, the split has become public. She see a shade through her quality story. Now, there's a clip out here. I'm going to just play this clip. I think that's bullshit that they said that she wasn't ready because... When a person, when a woman finds a good one, then that's what you're looking for. But I will say that she's young still, you know what I mean? And um, I, too, was looking forward to them making it because I thought, oh, you know what? She's been looking for someone to keep on her arms to be able to have a relationship with that is uh, meaningful and that's successful because we know that the girl's going to keep her somebody that is going to be newsworthy, you know? Um, but a family, right? Absolutely, you know she she ain't no joke. She ain't play. and then and her mama Marjorie, my girlfriend, she gonna make sure that she doing and navigating the right way. Cause she gonna make sure that she is. And I think every mother should do that, you know. But I think at the same time she's young. I think the established relationship that Michael did have before this one, I think that maybe that social media, that all of that was a lot for him. And I think that he's, you know, I heard. I will say this. I heard about his ex and him was so serious that. He may have missed her. Tough to that'll be tough on the sell there, but I can't sell that anyway. I can't sell that and defend that any way it goes. Alright. So here's the next story right here. Slack added a video to Hurdles so you don't have to spend your life on Zoom meetings. Slack is updating its Hurdles feature with, with video chat. Multi-users share a pure Hurdles 
chat thread. The company announced at the frontage conference, which was, which was said, both the chance to unveil new products and share it with the future of work. With Hurl, size vision is similar. People need more time to richer ways to check, but they don't need more meetings. Hurl's originally launched a year, a year ago, and they work for Slack per se because they don't feel like meetings. The company imagined the feature you can use the quick audit inside of Slack as more a way to walking over to someone's that rather than a calendar invite. They were auto on. You can just kind of schedule one. You can start one in any channel. Or drama. It borrows a lot from Discord's auto chat feature and it worked very well, really well. So that's basically what you can do. So this is just the way you can see the chat room for yourself. So everybody can just go and take a look at all that. And see how that all works out. So, I here's the last one. Lavaro's new workstation is probably the most. Laverna just now the tiny piece works that packs a sort of components just you find traditional metal cheese in the four L box with a couple of corners cut along the, the cheese a compression. The think station PDT uh, support all the like install files up to the sixteen core core nine one hundred twenty two K out to one hundred twenty gigabyte of DDD five memory and out to a Navia R A 500 mobile extension are restricted, and there are two PCI General 454M.2 and a 2 inch 5 SATA port and optical SSD or hard drive. Plus, there are PC 4.016 expansion size for the GPU and another long PCI view or 4 card. The brilliant job when it comes to connectivity, although there is no card reader you can for two reports of the power of the eight K and Wi Fi capabilities. So 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 then uh, so this is a nice computer that you can all look at for yourself, and that actually should look at things a little bit different. All right, guys, that's it for the that's it for the current event show today. I'm just about to get things done here. So here we're gonna do. I'm gonna get out of here. Here,
I saw I got some good Alright. Alright, uh. Alright, here you go. Guys, I'm out of here, guys. You have a good week. You have a good day. I will see you guys tomorrow on the Black Music Series. Alright, on the current adventure special. It'll be a Black Tech Building Program special on that. Hip hop and tech, music and tech. Goodbye. Shake your butt up if you can't break it.